while we get together, Chris and I, for our weekly, as uh, well, we try to do it weekly. We've both been on the road, and and uh, but um, we try, obviously, especially a lot of people are talking about what's happening. And you know what? This is funny. I I have to admit, and this shows me I'm paying more attention over the last number of years. But uh, I do have to say. And if I'm saying anything that's astronomical, well, then, you know, send me a note on one of our nine different social media avenues, and I will certainly respond. But uh, I don't think this is. We've been talking a lot about the NBA free agent frenzy, which starts a day earlier this year. It starts on Sunday, June the 30th. Um, I think by the time Chris gets this episode produced, we'll have had probably the first couple of, of, um, well, I don't know. We'll just see. But I think we'll be past June the 30th, but I think, and if I'm wrong, correct me, but I don't think this has been as attractive, let's say, I'll I'll use that. It hasn't been as attractive a free agent class in the National Hockey League as maybe in years past, as maybe some general managers are now wanting to, you know, keep their own guys in-house. I mean, um, as an example this year, and I as I bring in the executive producer of Unscripted. Um, I got this off the National Hockey League's website, and they were ranking the top 10 unrestricted. So these guys are free and clear. If they go out and, and solicit an offer from a team, they can't go back to their old team and have the old team try to match it. That would be a restricted free agent. These are unrestricted free agents. These guys are free to negotiate with the, I don't know, the Greenland, uh, the Greenland Huckalucks if they want to. If they have a new franchise in the National Hockey League, but um, I wouldn't go to Greenland for a game. Um, the top 10, and I'll just read their names off real quick. And if I say the names wrong, I'm sorry. Artemi Panarin. Panarin, thank you, from the Blue Jackets, the left winger. They have him as the number one overall available unrestricted free so, agent so, on the market. So he's the one who beat McDavid for the correct for the Calder because he got to play a full season and McDavid only played 48 games but so that was joke and they made him a rookie he was a 24 year old who'd played six seasons in the KHL so to call him a rookie was I hated Jesus that. Christ he was halfway through a hall of fame career oh, by that I, time oh it was totally ridiculous so oh, 24 years old your rookie days are over uh, no yeah I, I didn't like anything but that's the, ridiculous McDavid deserved the Calder so that was a joke but uh, yeah, he, he's a great player, and uh, a lot of teams, some lucky team will get him. All right, let's go. Let's do this the opposite way. Let's go down 10, 10 to 1. I'm, I'll, I'll do it the other way. Okay. Number 10, they had Gustav Nyquist. He's a winger from the start of the year with the Red Wings, ended with the Sharks. Number 9, Anders Lee, a winger from the Islanders. Number 8, Matt Zuccarello, winger from the Rangers, traded at the, All-St- at the uh, trade deadline to the Stars. Uh, Tyler Myers, a right-handed defenseman for the Winnipeg Jets. Number six, Jake Gardner, left-handed defenseman for the, uh, for the, God damn it, I can't even read anymore, Maple Leafs. My guy, Joe Pavelski from Stevens, well, actually it's Plover, Wisconsin, about 30 miles where I grew up from. Joe Pavelski, I know he has already visited the Dallas Stars. I did hear that or read that last week. He's number five. Number four was Robin Laner. Laner. I can't say that name for some reason. The goalie from the Islanders. But I can say Sergei Babovsky, and that's probably wrong. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know who he is. He's the goaltender for the Blue Jackets. Matt Duchesne, senator, started the years as a center with the Senators, started the year with the Senators, and then went to the Blue Jackets. And then we talked about the guy from the Blue Jackets, the left winger. 
What more people seem to be excited about this year is the restricted free agent class. And that has names like Mitch Marner in it. Miko Rantanen's in it. Brandon Point. I think he played Tampa Bay, right? Uh, Braden Point. Braden Point, but Tampa Bay. Yeah. Originally from Calgary, I think. Something positive out of Calgary these mm-hmm. days. Patrick Laine, Brock Beezer, Kyle Connor, Charlie McAvoy, and I know this is going to excite my friend here, Mr. Fluke's favorite, Matthew Kitchuk. And there seem to be, I haven't heard much, I, I know a lot of people have been talking about Mitch Marner. I've heard that a lot, and, and Mason... And again, maybe that is because, and Chris and I have mentioned this many times, that the TSN means the Toronto Sports Network. So we get a lot of Toronto sports coverage in Western Canada, let me tell you. But they are talking a lot about Mitch Marner. I've heard that name a lot. I've heard a couple of other those names, obviously. But the big one I keep hearing is your boy Kachuk, that some people are lining up to, to present him with an offer sheet. And it'll be interesting to see what... Uh, the restaurant boy does down there at Olympic Way in regard to Matthew Kachuk. And I'm talking about, of course, Brad Living. I would love to see Kachuk get offer sheeted and go somewhere else. And I think that would be just great. Because, I, I mean, he's just such a piece of shit that I don't even want to see him. Like, it's I don't even want to, you know, have him be this heel that I root against and I cheer when he has a bad day or whatever. I just don't want to see him. Like, he just he's just a piece of shit who doesn't belong in the league. If he would have tried this shit in the 80s, 70s or 80s, he would have been murdered on the ice, and rightfully so. And he's just garbage. And I just, I don't want to see him. He's a coward. He's a pussy. And he's overrated, and his whole family is stupid. And I just don't ever, ever want to see him again as long as I live. And so I hope he does go somewhere outside the Pacific Division, ideally to the Eastern Conference, maybe to Florida or something, where I can see him as little as possible. Well, that coming from the president of the the of the Chuck family fan club, but uh, um, <laughs> I think he's going to end up right back here. Oh, probably. Uh, yeah. Offer sheets almost never happen. I get that. And that's why I think he's going to be back here. I also heard, and I know you probably heard this, were you surprised by this, but that, that local piece of crap goaltender actually talked to the Edmonton Oilers? Mike Smith. Mike Smith was amazing for a long time in Arizona on a terrible team. Correct. Had nothing in front of him. Correct. And, and uh, well, other than Not the same now. But... Mm. but now and then and he, he didn't look good in the regular season but he did look good in the playoffs so good for him he is maybe he's still got some clutch ability but i don't want to see him he's got to be know. considered for the backup role well that's where look we've got miko koskin who's technically the starter right. but he's an unproven starter and this is probably why Torelli is no longer the gm in edmonton because two days before he got fired right. he signed right. miko koskin to a three-year a $13.5 million deal. So four and a half million a season for an unproven goaltender. I like Koskinen. I think he's, he's big, he's talented. He's, I, I like him a lot, but there's no reason to pay him that much. It was like when Ryan Pace gave Mike Lennon 15 million a year to be the starter for the Chicago bears. It's the same thing. You don't just pay a guy more than market value because he's the starter. So you pay him that and hope he plays up to it. It's just the stupidest thing in sports when GMs do that. And so that led to Trelli getting shown the door. So yes, they, they need what's technically going to be a, backup and will play less than half the games but ken holland has been clear he has outright said our backup is going to play 30 to 35 games so this is not just some right, token yeah no this is a serious guy who needs to play a lot of games for a number of reasons we would love to get sergey bobrovsky but he's not going to be in our price range but there are a ton of good goaltenders and this is the 
best part about this free agent crop this year, both restricted and un- unrestricted, there are a lot of good goldies out there. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that we actually get one that's good and not one of the other ones. Um, you know, I never liked Curtis McElhinney right back to his Calgary days, but he's been looking really good the last few years. Both he and Peter Mrazek uh, for Carolina looked awesome this year. They're both available. Uh, Peter Mrazek, I could see because he got his start with the Red Wings. So Ken Holland right. knows him well. I remember in 2013, I went to an Oilers game and we lost 5 nothing to the Red Wings and some young, unknown rookie, I think, named Peter Mrazek got the shutout. And I know he's very talented. I like him, uh, like Bobrovsky. Uh, there's a bunch of guys I like, but Mike Smith is too old for my tastes. I don't want, you know, Calvin Pickard. I don't want, oh boy, there's, I'd have to see the whole list, but there's a number of guys I don't like. And there's so many good ones that I hope we get one that I like, like a Mrazek. And I think that would be great. So that's what I'm hoping for anyway. I want to ask you, going back to my original statement, and, and uh, I would certainly invite uh, Greg, uh, Ryan, um, we need to get... Um, we need to get our Vancouver, uh, Vancouver bureau chief probably closer to the start of opening of training camps and and uh, talk about National Hockey League. But if you do talk to, if you do talk to him, maybe ask him what his opinion is. But since obviously you're right here, um, I do believe this, and I don't claim to, you know. But I'm not going to apologize either. My opinion is, is that I don't think this is as deep of an unrestricted free agent class in the National Hockey League. And I think that has led to maybe not as much. There's still a lot of of stuff out there in regard to prepping us for what happens on July 1st in the National Hockey League. And certainly all the major networks up here will have a free agent frenzy day on Canada Day, July the 1st. They'll all have their, their free agent shows, but... In my opinion, and I'm interested to ask and hear from those people that I just asked, and I'll hear from you in about one second, I don't think this is, is as an attractive a free agent class as there has been in years past. Well, when you overpay on term with every big star, all of a sudden they're all locked up till the end of time. So that's part of it. Also, I think we would have seen a lot more excitement and moves at the draft, but there was so much uncertainty when it came to the setting of the salary cap, and they could have done that sooner, I think. And no one was sure where it was going to land. And their one anonymous GM estimated that there were over 30 bad contracts trying to be moved, like your Milan Lucic's and your right. Louis Erickson's and stuff like that. So you've got an average of more than one bad, horrible contract per team. And, you know, the teams want to shuffle these around and trade them and do what, you know, get rid of their garbage and I guess have to take it back to someone else's garbage in exchange. But uh, we they were sort of handcuffed there. Uh, other than the Subban trade, which was big news, obviously. Yeah. But other than that, but but even that, that was a salary dump too. That was not some. Sure. That was not like when they trade when it was Subban for Weber as just superstar for superstar. This was just a salary dump, really. Yeah, you get a couple prospects and a couple second round picks. That's nice, but uh, it was mostly a salary dump, and we're going to get to that point. The, the middle-tier players is already being squeezed out of the league. It has been for years, and now we're going to get to the point where, you know, is every team going to be like the Lakers, where all you're trying to do is get a few big superstars and pay them a ton and then just fill your Cam roster with guys making the minimum? 
And then the middle guys either have to play for the minimum or just get squeezed out of the league. Maybe the odd guy gets grouped into like a big three, like a Chris Bosch, where maybe they shouldn't be, you know, but they're considered that. So they get overpaid maybe. Most guys either don't have a job or are underpaid relative to everyone else. So who knows what's going to happen, but we're going to reach a breaking point, I feel like, here. It's nice the salary cap's going up, but man, I don't think it's going up enough necessarily here. And uh, we're going to reach a breaking point at some point. But this is what happens when you overpay on term is you have all these bad contracts that nobody seems to be able to get rid of. And it's just a nightmare. Um, as we broadcast um, here in late June, going into the month of July, depending on what day this uh uh, episode gets produced we're looking at in and around 66 65 66 days to the opening of this 100th nfl season i think it's technically the 101st season but let's digress let's not you know the nfl is claiming it is its 100th season as are the chicago bears but then how are the packers celebrated how'd the packers celebrate 100 last year i don't know um but regardless, we've got 65 or 66 days to the opening of this next National Football League season, and it opens, I guess, interestingly enough, for a guy like me, Bears and Packers, Thursday night football in early September. But there are a couple of news and notes from the National Hockey League, National Hockey, National Football League, that even though obviously we're in that period where we're now waiting till the start of the opening of training camps which uh, this year the Packers open on July the 25th. So uh, we're still about a month away. But uh, it was funny. Chris Paul goes to the Bahamas, the uh, point guard of the, of the Houston, uh, Houston Rockets NBA team, and he goes down to relax and get away from everything he's going through right now because he's been traded and released and everything else going on you know, in his very hectic life. Um, but he runs into Aaron Rodgers down in the Bahamas. Interesting. Um, oh, and I got a comment about the new girlfriend. I've got to. Which one? Danica Patrick. Well, she's not that new. No, but oh, okay. for Packer fans, she is new because we're just getting over Olivia Munn. <laughs> and none of us liked Olivia Munn. She's a bitch. She was a controlling bitch. Well, I saw an interview last Sunday night on ABC, in-depth with Graham Benzinger. Good interview. She's a bitch. <laughs> she is a controlling bitch. I'm sorry. Aaron's got something. I mean, he is, and she admitted in the interview that this guy is unbelievable. He's, you know, he's Menza smart. And, uh, but oh my God. And the way her racing career ended, she sounds bitter. And um, Packer, Packer Nation, I'm telling you, we were just getting over Olivia Munn. And now we got to deal with Danica Patrick. What happened to some silly blonde who we all like to look at? Not a lot. We didn't have to worry about much that would come out of her mouth. But, oh my God. Obviously, Aaron needs a strong woman. He picked a good one if he wants a strong woman. Um, but a couple, I, I had to say that because I was shocked. It looked like to me, you know, different different fields of where they worked. You know, obviously Olivia Munn in the entertainment business, and you've got Danica Patrick as a trailblazing woman car driver. Congratulations. But 
Oh my God, they are very similar. Uh, petite, good-looking bl- uh, brunettes with an opinion. Oh my God, and it's a very strong and loudly voiced opinion is where I'll leave it. Well, if you're Mensa smart, you can't hang around some bimbo. No, I know that. As a side piece at yeah, best. I, I you, get not that. as a serious long-term girlfriend that. or something. That's the difference when you're talking about the girlfriend of Aaron Rodgers versus the girlfriend of, oh, let's say some monkey head like uh, Jose Canseco. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, well said. Mm-hmm. All right, let me get back to earth here. I'm just disappointed. And not disappointed if the man is happy and he leads us back to at least the playoffs this year, then I'm happy. Um, We do have a couple of NFL stories, even though, again, we're waiting about a month out from training camp. Reports out of Kansas City that the Chiefs and wide receiver Tyreek Hill could talk extension, depending on the result of the child abuse investigation that he is currently undergoing that resulted in the breaking of his three-year-old son's arm. Okay, Kansas City's had a tough year. Kansas City, PR-wise, has had a tough year. First, the guy that's now in Cleveland, the running back. Dream Hunt. Thank you, sir. And we know about his extracurricular activities. What is it now? What is it? Is it, is it the water in Kansas City? What is it? Um, I think that Tyreek Hill... I'm going to play this like I did my friend O.J. Simpson in regard to what I thought about his uh, uh, what he did to two people back on the night of June 12, 1994. I remember that because that's my wedding anniversary to the to the year I was married one day or the same day, but one year prior. Um, but I'm going to hold off on giving my judgment. Well, I guess I'm not when I make this statement. I guess you you you're you're going to get that. This is how I feel about this when I make this statement, and I will say this. I don't think there should be any extension talks discussed at all. And I think they're saying this, but I want to make sure that I'm very clear on this, that I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs, who have had a few uh, PR department problems with some of their players the last couple of years, again, the running back Kareem Hunt and now the wide receiver Tyreek Hill, You boys need to leave your hands off of little boys and little girls that can't defend themselves against you. But I digress. I do not believe, though, that there should be any talk of an extension and an invitation to this guy to play in the National Football League until his legal matters are taken care of and they're taken care of in a positive manner. That's where I'll leave it there. Well, I mean, he still maintains his innocence, and it sounds like there may have been some uh, exaggerations from the fiancé or girlfriend or whatever, but we don't know as of right now. But there's this is not like OJ and the fact that we don't know for sure that he's actually done anything wrong here. So if it turns out he has, then yeah, for sure, then he should be punished. But if he's if he hasn't done anything wrong, then he then I hope that that comes out too. Charlie Manson and OJ Simpson both claimed that they didn't kill anybody either. So... Um, we know about what happened to the, the latter, uh, would that be the latter or the former? I'm trying to figure uh, out. Latter is Manson. I think latter it's the second. Be, yeah. Okay. So, um, Mr. Manson finally died a couple of years ago in a West Virginia prison. Everybody that is a criminal to me is always going to say they're innocent until proven guilty. 
Um, I know I'm old school and I'm a hard ass and I'm this, that, and the other thing. And I should love Donald Trump and yada, yada, yada. And I should agree with everything that comes out of that crazy bitch's mouth that we made fun of many, many episodes ago that everybody hated at Rob Lowe's. Uh, <laughs> Ann Coulter. Ann Coulter. And I should love Ann Coulter and want to be with Ann Coulter and all this other stuff. But um, <clears throat> I'm very pragmatic and I believe that that I'm very um, socially conscious. I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, but I want to, I don't really want, <laughs> I really don't want to extend that to them until, uh, you know, we find out what they did. And I just don't think, I, I think it's a bad president in regard to an extension to me, and rightfully so, is a reward for what you did on the field. And until he gets his or in his business order lined up properly, and we find out about it, his abuse on his son, probably isn't his first rodeo, if you know what I what I mean. And I. I, I would like to see if there is a past history involving some kind of abuse with his girlfriend or wife or the mother of the son, whatever it is. But once we get all of his legalities taken care of, then I think he should be, and he comes out on the right end of the stick. I think that at that time is when the Hunt family sits down and talks about a, a renegotiation, or excuse me, an extension of his contract. What I want to say about this is that I feel bad for Kansas City in that they had to just let Kareem Hunt go, yeah. or they felt like they needed to, and then he just signs with another team. And then Kansas City got all this bad PR, and Cleveland's but just like, oh, remember, whatever. If you remembered, my friend, um, I criticized Cleveland for when they they got Kareem Hunt as well. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm not faulting you or anything No, I know here, you're not, but, but I'm just uh, making my... St I want to be... When I say things, I want to make sure I'm consistent. And I was consistent that I thought Cleveland made a mistake in bringing in Kareem Hunt. I think that he shouldn't have been allowed in the league at all for an agreed-upon amount of time. And I think that this guy should get his you-know-what together before he is awarded another contract to play in the National Football League. You know, you know what I think this actually leads to? I think we need to come up with a policy for this because... If Kareem Hunt is going to play in the league, I don't like the idea that, you know, he was under contract with KC. I don't like that Cleveland magically gets him because KC feels like they have to virtue signal and show how with the times they are and they get punished for it. Another team gets the benefit of that. So I think you almost have to have something. If this is going to be a regular thing, which I guess it is with professional athletes yeah. who are overpaid and stupid right now then I guess you almost have to have a thing where if somebody gets in trouble for something that is going to lead to bad PR for a team, the team should maybe shouldn't have to be in that situation and make a decision. The league should say, okay, like they have a commissioner's exempt list, mm -hmm. right? So there should be an automatic thing. Okay, if someone's done a certain crime, hit a kid or a woman or something, you automatically put them on the commissioner's exempt list. No team has to make any decisions or try to get the guy or anything. Else. They're just there. And then everything gets resolved first. And then someday when the player's eligible to come back, uh, if they're going to come back to the league, that team that had him under contract gets first crack at him. And they can say, yeah, we want him back. 
Uh, and then they should, maybe there could be something with being able to renegotiate the contract or whatever, or, but they should get first crack and they can say, no, we don't want them. Okay. They can go. Maybe they get a compensatory draft pick as well. I think that's fine. Uh, but then you get first crack because this whole thing where they are just trying to be the good guys and all they did is get punished for it. Right. And I mean, last year they had this stud running back and stud wide receiver. They're this close to, to losing both of them and they didn't do anything wrong. And it's, I don't like it though. The the not that Goodell's you know going to do anything, but um, if we had someone competent running the league, they would have to come up with a policy for this because it's not fair to put teams in this position. Well said, sir. Well said. Um, we do have to come up because you know we are in a society that um, is very political, trying to be seemingly sometimes overboard with their political correctness and. The National Football League is a worldwide brand, and you don't want that worldwide brand tarnished with guys that are breaking the arms of three-year-olds, indefensible three-year-olds. And I know what this guy can do on a football field. I know what he means to the Kansas City Chiefs organization and what he means to the National Football League in general. And I'm not taking a shot. I hope that this doesn't come perceived as a shot but um i'm not here blaming the kansas city chiefs they're trying to conduct business but i think this is a league matter but i think unfortunately that they've had to deal with this with again the running back kareem hunt and now this with tyreek hill but um the kansas city chiefs i think would really garner some real brownie points, if you will, if they were to hold off getting into a contract negotiation with this guy until his legal matters were taken care of. Um, one other news and note from the National Football League, and I don't want everybody to think that I'm just a negative Nelly here, but I'm trying to be a little bit more realistic about things. I saw the night and I saw the game in Cincinnati when Ryan Shazier, the all-pro linebacker, middle linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, was uh, just, it was catastrophic um, of what happened to him. And I applaud uh, unbelievable amount of respect for what he's doing in his rehab and to be able to get up to the point of being able to walk again is amazing is amazing. Um, it reminds me of a story that happened in the late 70s. Maybe it, was, maybe it made it into the early 80s with a guy by the name of Dennis Bird who played defensive lineman for the... I remember that when I was a kid seeing that highlight. That yeah. played for the uh, New York Jets and they thought was paralyzed for life. And it was unbelievable story to see him walk again. Never played again, obviously, but to see him walk again after a catastrophic injury from the game of football... The reason I'm mentioning is this this is the all pro Shazir um, has said that he still wants to make the Hall of Fame someday. Uh, you know, <laughs> I am um, very impressed that he still has lofty goals and, and he has the, the self confidence that he can overcome everything that he's had to overcome. But I think he's made the Hall of Fame of life already which ultimately is more important is it not you certainly he would love to have a bust someday in canton ohio the home of the national football league and you know who knows he was on his way to an all-pro career there's no question about it 
No question about it in my mind. Uh, he's playing on a defensive-minded championship team in, in Pittsburgh, even though their defense has taken a hit the last couple of years. But maybe part of that is is because Shazier is not quarterbacking the team from the middle linebacker position, obviously on the defensive side of the ball. But my my thing here is is that I think that maybe Shazier, I don't want to say give up on the dream, but is there a time... Is, is have we reached the time where the dream we need a reality check as to where Ryan Shazier is in regard to his life and the general quality of his life moving forward? He is up on his feet and moving again, and there were probably some doubters out there that never thought it would get to this point, and I think he's putting on some unattainable expectations by ultimately thinking that he could make the Hall of Fame someday I don't think he's going to make a professional football field again. Maybe he makes it as a coach someday. Maybe he makes it as an administrator. Maybe he makes it as a builder or an owner of a franchise someday. I don't know. I don't want to stamp out Ryan Shazier's dream, but I, I just want to be and want him to be realistic that you have accomplished things that people never thought you possibly could see and do again after a horrific football injury. And... I just think you've made life's Hall of Fame. I think that might have to be good enough. Not all of us get a chance to even be thought of and be, uh, you know, to even be thought of of wearing a yellow yellow jacket as a member of the National Football League Hall of Fame. Um, your life is certainly anything but a success. Anything but a success. You have done everything, and I'm proud. I don't know you from Adam, but I'm proud to have watched you play football. I'm proud to see what you have done to get to where you are now. It's hard for me to say that because you played college ball at Ohio State, but the things that you've done to get to where you are today should be accomplished, excuse me, should be celebrated. You've accomplished a lot, but if you don't play another day on an NFL field, don't let it, don't let, don't get worried and don't get stressed out about it because the things that you've accomplished have been monumental, regardless of if you ever get back on an NFL field again. Well, yeah, the Steelers have already moved on, certainly with Devin Bush taken in the first yep. round this year. And Shazier, hey, I've, I've followed what he's been doing. Uh, he's been in the gym lifting heavy weights, and good for him. But, I mean, it was, it was jarring that all those months after the injury, which would now be 14 months ago, uh, was, the, was the draft where he came out onto the stage, oh, yeah. and he could barely walk. Like, he could walk, but it was really herky-jerky. And uh, he was really trying. I've seen since then where he's been doing heavy deadlifts. I think I saw him doing a box jump at one point, actually, too. Wow. And uh, I think. I for sure saw the deadlift. But anyway, he's definitely trying. And he's and it's, it's not a bad goal to work towards in terms of, I mean, it gives you some real motivation. Like, even if he never plays again, just all this kind of hard training, I think, will only help his rehab. And like he's rehabbing as hard as anyone possibly could. So that's going to be great for his long-term health and gives him something to do and something to work towards. But I wouldn't expect to see him on the field. But you never know with modern medicine. We don't fully understand how the body heals itself and what it's capable of. So I, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't say yeah. that there's no chance he comes back. I mean, the Dennis Bird thing was scary, but I mean, geez, we've come a long way yeah. in in uh, you know in in medicine uh, since then. But I don't know. I'm not ruling it out. It had, the odds aren't good, but man, if he ever plays one more snap, that would be the oh, that would be the craziest no thing question. ever. And you want to talk about a moment and an ovation? That would be something. Real quick, we got to run, but I have to ask one question. Remember. 
This is about one of your favorite one of your favorite characters from the wonderful and wacky world of sports. That's why I want to ask you real quick. Um, remember when Mr. McMahon was talking about relaunching XFL yeah. 2.0? Yeah. And it's supposed to happen, what, February of, of 19 or 20 or 20, February of 20. We're in 19 now. Jesus Christ, time flies when you're bum. Um, <clears throat> they had mentioned as one of their selling points that they were not going to allow people with criminal records into their yep, league. Yep. Right? Yep. Okay, I'm just confirming what I heard. And Chris is a lot smarter than I am. So if he remembers it, then I then I think it's pretty good. So they say nobody can get into their league that's got a, got a criminal record uh, in their portfolio. Well, how in the hell can now call... No, now he calls himself John Manziel. <laughs> how can John Manziel get into the... Because he's talking about playing for June Jones in the Houston team of the XFL. <laughs> His biggest fan. His biggest fan. How the hell can that happen? If they let him in... McMahon's credibility and his league's credibility goes down the toilet. Yeah, and he's I, not that big a prize. I've heard that he was so that Johnny Manziel was so ridiculed for the John Manziel thing that he's gone back to Johnny Manziel. But I don't know if that's oh, true. Oh, I'm or staying what. with John. Oh, you like that? I do because well, he's an idiot either way. And if he doesn't like it, then it's great for me. Oh, that's fair. Okay, yeah. I mean that that's what it really comes down to. They need some clear guidelines on what they'll accept and what they won't, and they shouldn't make one-off. Uh, exceptions yeah. for even if it's somebody big now, and look it, gee i know that there's a lot of college fans and talking heads and everything out there that just overrate the shit out of college guys and even when they fail at the nfl level they still are just revered yeah. like this magical thing but has there geez has there ever been a more overrated player after all the failures i mean most guys haven't even had the chance to fail as right. much as johnny menzel <laughs> right right yeah. like most players haven't had you know, all that time to fail repeatedly and after their draft, after they dropped so far in the draft and the, you know, Cowboys took a guy that they got booed for, even though that's the guy is maybe the best guard in the league and makes the Pro Bowl every year, Zach Martin. But I mean, and then he goes to CFL and he fails there and then uh, he goes to the AAF and they fold and like, geez. And I mean, he didn't look they that great in there. the Spring but, League too. Oh yeah, the Spring League. I knew there's something else. And, and I mean, obviously he fails at life. He's not. He's he's not making the life Hall of Fame with Ryan Jazier. You know what? Here's what pisses me off most about John Manziel. He basically gets run out of the National Football League. Canada gives him a chance. Canada gives him a chance. Okay. He goes to to Hamilton. He can't beat out uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli, who played or Mazzola Oil or whatever the hell his name is. And who played at the University of Oregon, and then he went to Mississippi, I believe, as a graduate transfer. Doesn't matter. John Manziel couldn't. Heisman Trophy winner his 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 freshman year at Texas A and M. Heisman Trophy winner, first Heisman Trophy winner until everybody else is doing it now. But my problem is that Canada gave him a chance. He goes to Hamilton. Gets traded for two ones. Now I'm not. I don't feel sorry for Montreal. They're freaking idiots for doing this. Cavus Reed, the general manager. I don't know if he's still the general manager of the now CFL-owned Montreal Alouettes. Uh, the Wetnall family decided to cut bait and leave town. Um, they send two number ones and two active players for John Manziel to be their franchise quarterback, and then this piece of crap. 
does something that we don't know what he's done yet to 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 invalidate his contract in the whole Canadian Football League. Now, what did he do? Now, this guy didn't just get kicked off the Montreal Alouettes. He was then excluded from trying out for any other team in the league. He needed to get the hell out of town. What did that moron do? What did that moron do? And that's my problem. That's my problem with John Manziel. Now you're going to have to go back and get your Walmart job because what else are you qualified to do? If the NFL doesn't come calling, and it doesn't sound like they're going to be, and you can't play in the XFL if Mr. McMahon stays by his original, uh, you know, whatever, his original introduction to XFL 2.0 that no guys with that no, you know, no guys with criminal records are going to play in his league, John Menzel has a criminal record. John Manziel should not be able to play in the XFL. There are no other options. I don't know of any other professional football leagues. Arena? Is it? Yeah. Is there, I don't know. I mean, that's I. Are the arena league still around? I don't sure, even know. Sure, it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's about it. He has. He can't go back to college. <laughs> He's too stupid to get readmitted. So that's my problem. Here is a league that took a chance on an outsider. Because there, people may not know this, especially sport south of the border, but they can only have so many foreigners on their roster. Most of the rosters in the Canadian Football League need to be filled, and rightfully so, by Canadian football players. So John has taken up a spot for a guy that maybe really has ambition to play the Canadian game. John comes up here and costs some idiot's team two number ones and two active players, and John can't even apply to work in the Canadian Football League anymore. That's where I have a problem with John Manziel. Well, I know we, I guess we're part of the problem because we've given John Manziel lots of airtime over the over the last couple of years. But yeah, I, I think he's uh, he's fading out. The only thing I hope is that with that CFL story, which I am somewhat curious about, I'm hoping since he's cared about so little in Canada, I'm hoping that sometime that story just comes out because I'd love to know how I've, he... I've got to know. I've never heard of anyone getting banned from the entire CFL, especially that quickly. Yeah. So I, I'd love to know what happened. We've got to run on this 361st episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. We thank you much. And for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.